find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, what up, everyone? You are now tuned in to the greatest podcast in existence. This is Behind the Baller, where we go deeper than what you see on my social media pages. Um, It's where you get to really see the father, the husband, and the baller before I was a baller. This is episode 53. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Um, Man, this week was shitty, literally. When I say shitty, I, I am fighting a crazy stomach flu. Don't know where the fuck it came from. I've had it since Thursday, and Saturday was cool, but I had it since Thursday, and my stomach is fucked up. As we speak right now, I'm, I feel like I'm fucking in a, in a, in a lean withdrawal. I'm pissing out my ass. It's disgusting. I know you don't want to hear this shit, especially on a Monday. You know, you're, you're, you're hearing me for the first time on Monday, and here I have to hear this shit, like literally shit. Um, this stomach flu is no joke. Uh, I don't know. I might've got it from bad sushi, you know, but I mean, not great sushi, I guess. And maybe I touched something. Um, I thought I had the motherfucking coronavirus for a minute and, you know, I wash my hands 50 times a day. No cap for real. Um, this shit had me just out. Right. Uh, thank God I got the tax stone interview. All right. Which we're going to talk about in a second. But after the tax stone interview, like a couple hours after that, Midday Thursday up till, you know, right now. I was cool Saturday for a little bit, but then I was like in so much pain. I couldn't move. I couldn't shower. I couldn't do anything. I didn't eat. I just drank and I just slept. I was so fucking sick. I was willing to pay anyone $100,000 just to make it stop. I felt like fucking hell. I thought so. I felt like somebody was throwing a bowling ball at my stomach and punching me in the head with brass knuckles at the exact same time. I was literally just, I was so fucking just, I felt like shit. So I pretty much stayed in all weekend, except for uh, I made a quick run to the Grove to take my daughter to get her first All-American doll, which I didn't even know that was a thing, but we'll get into that later. Um, this is going to be a fucking special episode. Crazy how things work out since I wasn't feeling good and I haven't been feeling good all weekend, but it was good enough to get this interview, like I said, with the legend named Tack Stone. Tack Stone was one of the first podcasters in hip-hop. He was on that shit early, like Combat Jack, um, Elliot Wilson and all that. But uh, anyways, if you don't know his story, he was allegedly involved in a shooting in New York City. I won't say with who. You could Google it. For those who know, you obviously know this is a big deal. Um, this happened a few years ago. But anyways, that bullshit incident has landed him behind bars. So he's currently inside the Fed's. And by Forrest Gump chance, he's sharing a cell with my cousin. You want to talk about fucking crazy? Anyways, I got him on the show. We'll get into that interview in a little bit. And uh, he, he he had a bit to say. <laughs> That's just to say just some shit, you know what I mean? But uh, real quick, you know, um, you got to keep up. We jump all over the fucking place on this show. You don't know how the fuck we do on here. Um, the fucking Lakers, man. S-M-H, we can't even beat the motherfucking Rockets, you know, and the Rockets have an average height of fucking six foot four, it's like we got some, we got AD and some big, like Javal, like what the fuck is, how do we expect to win games in the playoffs, especially with the way Utah's playing right now, Utah's out of their fucking mind, it's crazy, like, it's, it's actually insane, um, and then the Suns, the Suns give the Rockets real work on Saturday night, right? And the Timberwolves, who are what that a 13-game losing streak or 10-game? I know they've been losing like a motherfucker. They gave the Clippers a 27-point beatdown. And like, I, you know what? I'm just going to chill because I'm really critical because, you know, I, I don't got the Seahawks to worry about. I'm focused on this right now. But after this upcoming weekend... This all-star break weekend, right? It's all-star weekend. I wish I was going to Chicago, but I got I got shit I got to do, and I got to prep for my family trip. Shit better go, like the Lakers better go into turbo mode, all right? They better get into twin, they better get into hybrid twin turbo 
mode because I can't with the same fuckery. No defense from motherfucking uh, from Kuzma and just vocals coaching is just sus as fuck. We need to get this chip this year. We need the motherfucking chip for Kobe. We got to get this chip for Kobe. We got to do it. Speaking of Kobe, his memorial for his death and the celebration of his life will be on February 24th, if you didn't know, obviously at Staples Center. Um, it's a Monday, and I'll unfortunately be in New York City. Um, but it's crazy how the numbers work out. You know, it's 2 20 the date, and uh, 2 for Gianna, for Gigi, 24 for Kobe, and 24 the 20 years in the NBA. Um, actually, on that evening, I'll be in New York City. I'm probably going to hit the Nets game. Um, in fact, I mean, as far as I know, unless something happens, I'm going to the Nets game in New York because uh, I want to finally check out Barclays. You know, I haven't been to Barclays and I had a motherfucking Barclays credit card. But uh, I cop some floor seats for the Laker game in April. The cheapest seats I could fucking get. They were um, 5500 a ticket, which is not bad. So it's 11 bands. Well, after taxes and everything, it was like almost 13 grand. But I can't wait to check it out. I had to make sure it was all clear, no traveling. Um, it wasn't like, you know, a crazy game where the fucking game ticket's going for like between nine to 12 bands a ticket. And I got three people in mind who want to take. And um, first person I, I want to because just for the entertainment is Mike Rapport. Plus I owe him just because he put me on to the podcast game. And if he can't go, which I'm pretty sure he can, if he can't, then I got to take my man Jeff because he's never sat on the floor before. It's my, my, my bro who owns Riff. And uh, I also owe my boy George Lopez a ticket. My, these are my dogs, you know what I'm saying, as far as Lakers shit. Like, I've taken my father-in-law. I've taken a bunch of all of my boys and stuff. But sitting on the floor is, is crazy, especially at, for a Laker game, Staples. It's 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 legendary. It's, it's a different type of experience. And uh, if Mike Rapport can go, we're definitely going to get kicked out of the stadium. It's, uh, Staples, it's going to be fucking crazy. We're going to make a movie. And on top of that, I'm going to make sure that I drive, that I pick him up, and I scare the shit out of him. Because... <laughs> Him motherfucker is scared of, of like, listen, and the pista, yeah, listen, I'm going to drive like a fucking dickhead. Fucking sucks is going to be during fucking the worst fucking rush hour traffic, but, you know, we, I'm scared to shit out of Rapport. And uh, by the way, Mike Rapport was on his live earlier, and uh, he was wearing the hospital grade mask, and he's talking about protecting the corona. Bro, that shit's not going to work, though. That shit's not going to protect, you know, it's not going to protect you from the coronavirus, bro. It's not going to do shit. Dog, you need that carbon filter. You know what I'm saying? You need that thing to block out viruses. You, you need the shit that's going to block out the novel coronavirus. All right? It's going to... Listen, I got something for you, bro. Don't trip. I got a motherfucking box of them bitches. I'm making my entire family rock that shit for when we hit... Uh, when we fly to New York City in a couple weeks. Um, now, speaking of that, i recently been telling people since spring last year Ever since I started doing the crazy construction at LAX, I've been telling everyone and anyone how much I hate LAX, all right? There's traffic on Sunday morning at 5 a.m. at LAX, all right? They have road closures. It's just all fucked up. LAX is a fucking nightmare, shit show. That new Uber LA exit is the, it's like some straight concentration camp line. Ridiculous. It's fucking terrible, all right? The parking there's fucked up. I don't mind parking. You know, but you can't even park at your own fucking terminal because they closed two of them. So it's like, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'll pay 40 bucks a day and stay there for seven days. I don't give a shit. It's not that at all. It's just a convenience. So I only go there when I have to fly international, like like certain flights. You know, if it's Japan or certain things, oh, shit, bro, I'm not tripping. Like if I got to go to Dubai, or, which I'm not going anymore. But what I'm saying is Tom Bradley is the only reason why I'm going to go to LAX now. You know, um, I've flown out of SFO. And what I do is I go to Burbank and I just fucking, I'll take Southwest. I don't give a fuck. I'm not tripping. You know, it's an hour flight. I'll take Southwest, get to San Francisco, and I'll go direct from San Francisco there. And guess what? I get there quicker and easier. No issues. Take me five, 10 minutes to get through fucking all security checks through Burbank. Um, no issues in San Francisco. Is fucking, that's how fucked up it is. You know, and I can just go direct to Asia or Europe from SFO. And it's just been so much more lovely um, with that being said, I've flown my kids on first class flights on all the trips they've ever been on that were over an hour. You know, my kids got passports, went to Cancun, Hawaii, you name it, right? But flying to SF or Oakland or Vegas, you know, flying an hour, like I said, man, I'm not tripping. It's not that big a deal. We'll fly Southwest. I'm good. 
It's just a convenience out of Burbank, you know? So for this trip to New York City, I, I booked out of Burbank. I was like, fuck that shit, you know? Yeah, I saved some money, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, we, we go all out with the hotels and the big rooms and everything. So it's like different, you know, especially, you know, six first class, fuck, well, five first class tickets. But, you know, just to avoid the fuckery with LAX and the Uber and parking. And I want to have the fucking minivan. I want to have all my shit ready to go in and out. No issues, no fucking lines, none of that shit. So I bought six tickets and uh, my wife found these inflatable cushions that go in between. Like if you have regular seats, whatever, because... Um, they don't have first class on this airplane. They have like a, even more space, whatever. So like, you know, you, you get these these cushions that go in between the foot area because kids' feet can't touch the ground, right? And it it makes it feel like it's a bed. You know, it, it fills up the gap of the space so kids can sleep, they can chill, the legs can just chill. It's like an ottoman almost, right? But like, it's perfect. It's dope. My wife always finds all this shit. She's, she's like amazing with this parent shit. And... um I love that all these motherfuckers like on a regular basis sometimes, you know, like they'll, they'll sit there and crack bed and be like, oh, how come you're not flying private? And I'll see motherfucking dudes who are billionaires and they're going to Asia, you know, flying first, whatever, which is expensive. And it's like, they already know. You know what a motherfucking round trip flight to China is? By the way, no one's going to China right now, but you know, $360,000, $400,000, yes, I'm not joking. That's a motherfucking house in Chicago, all right? So I love when people talk about flying private. Flying private for my family round trip to New York City is about $120,000 to $150,000, depending on if I'm taking a Gulfstream, you know, or, you know, it's like, listen, I ball out. You know, when I need to, I do my thing. I don't look at price tags, nothing, you know. But just so you know, when you see like artists or people on Instagram flying private, or something, 85% of the time it's on someone else's dime. So I know someone else's bill, it's a promoter, it's a show, it's something else. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they're renting the jet. You know, they say it's their jet, this and their, it's a timeshare, they're renting the jet. It's not a big deal. But that convenience of a five-hour flight over dealing with having to drive two hours and dealing with drama at LAX, going there, and then when we land back at LAX, the two hours of leaving and going back home, I'm good, man. Fuck all that shit. And this uh, coronavirus is, is just getting worse and worse. It's scary. Um, I'm just reading this report about the, the head reporter, like the first reporter who broke the news in China, who was like the biggest person with all the breaking news about coronavirus from China. He's the one who broke the, the, the story about the virus, you know, go, just, just become an epidemic and all that. Now that reporter who broke all the news is missing. Okay, and his family's like, oh, he's missing. And you know, Chinese government don't fuck around. One of the most famous actresses in China, the most famous, we're talking about, imagine J-Lo, Angelina Jolie, and like Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston all put in one person. That, that This Chinese lady was had some issues with taxes or something. She, was dis she disappeared from the earth. No phone, no social media, no nothing, nothing. She might as well have been pronounced fucking dead. She was gone for like eight months. No one knew where the fuck she was. And she didn't say shit. She just reappeared and said what she said. She ain't gonna say shit because the Chinese government don't fuck around. They don't care. They're fucking crazy. They actively enforce censorship. It's just so much wrong with that government. It's literally insane. You can't talk about it. They ban people. And you know what? I'm cool. I'm good on China. You know, that cruise ship I talked about, was it one or two episodes ago? Um, that's in Japan, that cruise ship where there was a guy from China that was in there was infected. And um, there was like a few cases at that time when I mentioned it. Now it's up to 61 plus and counting on that cruise ship in Yokohama. So it's quarantined. I'm like, fuck, dog. Japanese people, like I said, are super clean. I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's just, it's just crazy because there's no cure. But again, going back to, to China, I'm cool on never going to China again. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go to Beijing again. I'm not tripping. I'll never go to Shanghai again. I'm cool. And I got a lot of people. I had some good times in Shanghai. You know, it's fun. I'm cool. I'll never go there again. And if never go again, I'm good. Straight. I mean, I want to go to Hong Kong. I'd love to go to Hong Kong here and there. I'd love to go to Macau and shit. But I'm good. I'm straight. I'm not, I'm not fucking with none of that 28 days later. And um, with all that said, listen, man, fuck all this virus talk. Miles, man. Can you hit me with some of that Lakey Lake? Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's already put me in a better mood. All right, man. Yeah, let's get into this Tax Stone interview.
So yo, real quick, check this out. My guy Tack Stone is inside a federal prison. You dig? I got him for a legit full interview. So sorry for a little bit of sound issues that we got, but the Dust Brothers being so fucking amazing and being professional in what they do, they always do their thing. All right, that's why this show sounds so good. We only record in hi-fi stereo sound, all right? Miles Davis, my man, Jordan Winter, motherfucking Dust Brothers. Listen, man, this is professional podcasting with Behind the Baller. So without further ado, let's go, Tax. Hello, this is a free call from... Tax Stone. An inmate at New York City Department of Correction. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. Yo, Tax, what's good, bro? You shaking, beloved. Man, dog, man. You can hear me okay? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Oh, man, it's crazy, bro. I, I was like, man, I hope you're on time, man. Everything good? Yeah, everything Gucci. The building was just shut down because two people got cut earlier, so they just let us back out. Okay, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, yo, man, listen, you are listening to Behind the Baller Podcast. We have my man Tax Stone live from the from the penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? This is a crazy exclusive. Yo, man, you good, though? You good in there and everything? Yeah, you know, I'm holding my head, my nigga. I meditate every night. You know what I mean? That's what's up, man. Yo, how, how's my cousin doing in there, dog? You know, you know he the craziest Korean oh, motherfucker. Boom, boom, good money. Boom, boom, good money. He in the shower right now. You know, he shower three times a day. <laughs> Yo, pause, man. Pause. He said he's a clean Korean. Yeah, you know what I was going to ask you? Actually, um, what's the commissary looking like in there, man? He said it was kind of sus, but, you know, I wanted to get your opinion. The commissary is fucking horrible. The commissary makes you, reminds you that you in jail every day when you realize you only got about six things to eat. Right. Right, right. So let me ask you a question, man. Like on a regular day, like what do you do on a regular day in there, bro? Can you break down your day for me real quick? Well, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I drink two cups of coffee, watch the news. I listen to, well, I get up at 4, actually. I listen to Bloomberg News at 4. Then I, I get up at 5, drink my coffee, watch New York 1. Then after that, I go back to sleep for an hour, wake up, go work out, and then I smoke my reefers. You understand? Hold on, wait a second. You uh, you got TV in there and shit? Yeah, yeah, we got TV. We watching TMZ right now. Oh shit, you guys got Netflix or nah? Nah, we ain't got Netflix. <laughs> you got Spotify at least? Uh, uh, enough movies in here happen for it to be Netflix, you know what I mean? Oh shit, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> I mean, have you seen a lot of fights in jail? Are you, are you, have you got any fights in jail or nah? Fights is regular. Yeah, you know, you get in a fight. Some kid tried to cut me like last year. Jumped out the shower on me on some samurai shit for no reason. He wasn't successful. <laughs> you know. Yo, man, I hope my I know my cousin got your back though. You know what I'm saying? I know he's crazy. Nah, that's my dog. That's my dog. You know he kick hard as hell. You know I'm mad racist, so I always joke on him about being Korean and shit. <laughs> no, that's what's up. Have you have they put you in the hole yet or you nah? Yeah, I've been in the box damn near the majority of my day. For what, bro? What the fuck was you doing? Nothing. Like when you have influence, well not even influence when you're popular. Just being popular automatically gives you influence in jail. So they'll anything that goes on like when I first got to jail. I was getting so much mail that they put me in the box. They was like, yo, you get too much mail. People are crowding around you and watching you and shit like that. So they didn't like that. I was really getting like 300 pieces of mail every day. So when they seen that, they put me in the box for a couple months. And then they put me back in the population. You know what I mean? So like when you got a lot of high profile cases and shit like that on your popular, they'll, they'll always like bother you for little things. There'd be shit that don't even have nothing to do with you. Some shit can happen in the unit that you're in, they'll automatically blame you because they'll feel like you're the person that has the influence in the unit when you ain't trying to influence nobody. God damn. So let me ask, hold on, man. Actually, for all the people that are listening right now, because I know I got a lot of, a bunch of your fans going to be tuning in and everything, um, 
or from people who, you know what I'm saying, who know me, know you through me or whatever it may be from when I was on tax season, uh, where can they send you mail at? Do you know the address? Uh, uh, 125 White Street, uh, Mr. Toombs in Manhattan. I don't know the, the exact zip code and shit, but they can Google it if they want to send me mail. I love the mail. I ain't going to lie because I was like, I was kind of surprised that I had that much support out there. I didn't really know that people like fucked with me to that degree, but it like kind of like blew my mind and like get mail from Switzerland and fucking Israel and Pakistan and like just countries that I didn't even know existed in the world. Like seeing the stamps, like what the fuck? Like I never seen a stamp like this, you know what I mean? No, that's dope, bro. Weird to know that I even had that type of support around the world. So I appreciate that shit, you know what I mean? I really couldn't write a lot of people back at first because the federal system, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a comedian. Like, I like joking and shit. So with my humor could, like, be used against me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's, like, so fucked up because it could be some shit that you're just joking about, just being, like, a quick asshole about. And it'll be used against you in the law. Like, this is his character. And it's like, what? I was joking. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I was kind of, like, scared to, like, write people back and shit like that or even communicate with people when I first got locked up. That shit, I'm suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome from using phones, you know what I mean? God damn. You get so nervous after being in that system, and the way they got, like, that watchful eye over you, that shit is just ridiculous, you know what I mean? Wait, listen, they, they actually, they read the mail, right, before you send it out? That they, like, read your mail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the facts, right now I'm in the state, I'm in the tombs, and the hat is, like, right the island, but it's in the hat. Okay, you're but in the fact, yeah, they read everything that's going out. You get email, everything is scanned, everything coming in. You know what I mean? It's overly looked at. Like, some, I was, I'm working on a, a book, so um, somebody sent me, like, some material, and they, like, brought me down to, like, the, the SIS office, like, the investigation shit. Like, oh, we need to we need to know what this is. And I'm like, what you mean? It's right there what it is. Read it. But what is it about? Why did they send it to you? Like, I'm like, what? What the fuck I got to tell you that for? You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like they just overly watch and scrutinize everything so it's like you gotta like watch every little thing that you do because it could be some completely innocent shit and it'd be turned into some non-innocent shit but fans is like a real tricky system like say like you know how we got slang like say like you know how catching the fade is a fight they'll yeah. say they'll change catching the fade into a serial killer they'll be like yeah when he told him to catch the fade they meant to go to the block and kill at least 10 people that's what they'll make that slang. You know what I mean? Oh, when it doesn't shit, mean man. that. Or they'll be like, yo, he said on the phone that the guy fronted on him. That meant that the guy robbed him for 10 kilograms of cocaine. So mm. it's like, it's so fucked up because you could say anything or whatever they feel like saying it, they, you meant that's what the fuck it was. You know what I mean? So they, they twist all the words so, up and shit. Yeah, I hear you. So hold on. Yeah, you, you yeah, in, everybody. What facility are you in? You in Tombs? Yeah, I'm in, I'm, yeah, I'm in the tombs. This is Manhattan, um, MDC. This is Manhattan I'm in right now. This is like a part of Rikers Island. This is the state. This is the city, the county. Because but, my um, cousin was in Rikers. I just, I, my cousin was in Rikers. Yeah, he's, in, he's in Rikers. This is Rikers. This is considered Rikers. It's just the building that's on Manhattan. It's in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Because, you know, um, I forgot what the dude's name is. Cuba? Is that his name? He's a crazy motherfucker. Be running with French Montana and them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because I, I had talked to him when he got out, and he was like, yo, your cousin crazy as fuck. That motherfucker running the prison. And I'm like, Pumba, I mean, P is a Pumba crazy. You know, I know he, I know, I don't want to discuss any kind of shit that he, you know what I'm saying? But he a real G, and people don't realize, like, listen, I got motherfuckers, relatives in my family that's crazy, so y'all should watch out. But yeah, and okay, so you in the tombs, all right? Um, yeah, you're genuine dude. You're a good dude. Nah, for sure, bro. Um, do you guys get conjugal visits in there or not? Nah? Nah, 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 I wish, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, it's like the fifth of me trying to turn you into homosexuals. I seen a dude yesterday, this nigga arms is bigger than Mike Tyson, but his titties is bigger than motherfucking cash dog. You think what I'm saying? The fuck? That's yeah, disgusting, this shit is So you know what? <laughs> when, when, uh, for the people listening, when is your trial, dog? Um, it's supposed to be starting March 5th. Um, the trial date should be starting, but it's been pushed back a lot of times. I was supposed to start trial four times. Yeah. 310 Thank you. Yeah. You cool? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just got something to help. But, yeah. So, hold on. So, 
explain to the people why do trials get pushed back? Well, it gets pushed back for several reasons. It could be that the, the district attorney isn't ready. They're still trying to find evidence, you know what I mean? Which is like kind of like crazy for me because it's like this case is four years old. You know what I mean? And I've been in jail three years. Martin Luther King Day was three years exactly. So it's like I've been trying to like figure out like why is it taking so long when we've been ready for trial from the moment that I was arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And you ain't got you ain't got no public defender, right? You got a real attorney, right? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Like you can't, you know, you can't let the public defend you. The public will never defend you. You know what I mean? <laughs> The public will assassinate you. <laughs> Yo, man, so, you know, the, the, um, uh, you from New York City, right? You, you a native. What's your opinion on the state of hip-hop right now in New York? Like, New York hip-hop. Um, I like it. I like it. I think I like that the kids is getting their deals. I hope some of them, like, are, are looking over their contracts correctly. I feel like some of them might find out next year that they didn't do the right thing. You know what I mean? But, you know... It all comes with knowledge. That's, I feel like that was a part of what I was trying to do with a lot of the kids that was coming up in the city. It wasn't just trying to bring it, put the city on and get them deals. It was a part of trying to educate them and make sure that they don't get the wrong deal. You know what I mean? Or get jerked or they could have longevity in it and not just be, you know what I mean? Yeah. These dudes are just here for one summer and then you're gone or, you know what I mean? Like really reap the fruits of your labor. Because a lot of niggas, you know, they're going to be here for the moment. You know, this, 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 this March, they'll be here and then, you know, next December, them niggas will be gone. So, you know, you can see it. You know, that happens when these they, the dudes, you see they get invited to the big concerts, and then the next year they're not invited because they can't keep it up. You know what I mean? And right now, this game is a fast game. You got to keep dropping content. And that's what everything, that's from podcasting, that's the motherfucking music. People got short attention spans. There's so much content out there. If you stop for two weeks, they'll go be another nigga fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's, that's real. Like, that's you got to keep the heat coming these days. So yeah, like so. What, what you think? Like, hold on. Is Bobby Smurder? Where's he locked up at? Do you know? Bobby Smurder is um upstate in Clinton. Okay, he getting out soon, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Bobby should be out shit any fucking day now. Like he should be home soon. So he's definitely gonna be out. Bobby's gonna light shit up. Bobby's a fucking legend. You know what I mean? He worked. He took his time. You know what I mean? And, and he did what he was supposed to do. Rowdy is a legend. Brooklyn supports the niggas fully, you know what I mean? The whole city, you know what I mean? You know what? I, I mean, besides the, you know, the one song, like, I was like, okay, cool. I didn't really know too much about Bobby Smurder, but, like, people is talking about him so heavy on social. Like, yo, when he get out, he already got a $40,000 offer to do an appearance here. He go get a bag. And I'm like, that motherfucker go get a bag like that? Wow. Oh, no, no, no. He's serious. Uh, you got to understand, he's a movement. Like, right now, the movement that's in New York right now, those kids, that's Bobby's movement. You know what I mean? No, the pop smokes is out. That's Bobby. Like, you know what I mean? Even when you when Takashi was out, you would always hear him talk about Bobby. Bobby is the leader of that new school, you know what I mean? And like he had the energy, they had the records, they had hot nigga, they had computers, you know what I mean? They had shorty dance, you know what I mean? And they really like brought back that that energy to New York where the labels are actually looking at New York to get deals now, to get deals, you know what I mean? No, that's what's up. So that's the good thing about it. Okay, man, let's get into the motherfucking real shit. Let's get into the let's get into the real, real shit. So I know what's that the real um, shit, beloved. Let me know. What's the real shit? <laughs> I know Noriega's your guy. You know what I'm saying? I know that's your boy. And I I remember that from from you know back back when you know when you was when you was free. And I know that's your boy. Like, and then I seen he interviewed Troy Ave. Like, how how'd that make you feel, bro? Like, how you feel about that? Well, I didn't at first at first I was a little confused. But then I was like, I understood it. You know what I mean? I was confused because I was like, damn, like, you know, I really considered that my friend. I thought it was weird for somebody to, um, to like, put somebody on their show to create a narrative that they committed a crime. You know what I mean? Because that's like what's going on. It's not like he's trying to tell a story. This dude is just trying to create a narrative that somebody else is guilty for a crime. You know what I mean? So that was my issue with that. But then I kind of, 
I felt like I understood because I remember me and me and Nori had a conversation and I was telling him like, yo, how 50 Cent was one of my favorite rappers. I was like, nigga, I fuck with 50 hard, nigga. Like, them records, I relate to them shits. Um, Grandma Crib, niggas outside of your door. You know what I mean? So he was like, yeah, yo, I ain't gonna lie, 50 always was hard. But he was like, yo, I'm gonna tell you why you would have never wanted to really interview 50. So I was like, why? He was like, yo, cause that nigga 50 really is a snitch. So I was like, he a snitch. I'm like, I ain't never seen no paperwork on him because when I'm from the East New York, we don't come from the culture of promoting that type of shit without paperwork. The only way you can promote something like that without paperwork is if somebody's on camera doing it. You know what I mean? They do it in the open. So it's like, when he said it, I was like, word? I'm like, how you know that? So then he was explaining to me. He was like, yo, you know, a lot of people didn't know me and Ja Rule had beef back in the days. You know what I mean? So... I was living right next door to Ja Rule, and people didn't even know. Ja Rule, me and Ja Rule lived next door to each other. Like, we could see each other backyards. So I'm like, word? So he was like, this is why we had beef. So he was like, the only person that knew that Ja Rule lived by my crib was 50. So I told 50 that, you know, Ja Rule lived in my crib, lived by my crib. He said, FBI came to my crib with papers talking about, yo, they was looking for Ja Rule. So I'm like, yo, Ja Rule not here. You know what I mean? Ja Rule not here. So he was like, after that, um, the FBI was like, he was like, yo, who told you that? He was like, nah, 50 Cent told us that Ja Rule lives over here, some shit like that. And that's how he knew 50 was a snitch. So I was like, what? So I'm like, oh, shit. So now I was like, this is fucked up, because I never heard no story like that before. So then, like, two months later, I see 50 on drink chips. So I was confused, because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why the fuck was he had 50 on drink chips, and he just said that... 50 was a snitch, you know what I mean? So then I was like, oh shit, like he either don't care that 50's a snitch, you know what I mean? Or he just made it up and I just didn't know which one it was, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, he's a street dude, so I don't know a street dude would want to put a snitch on a show because you told me this nigga's a snitch, you know what I mean? So that's why I was confused. So when that happened, I wasn't confused anymore because I was like, you know what? Maybe he's just not a street dude. You know what I mean? Because this dude already told people that he was going to testify and, and say whatever he wanted to say to create this narrative so he could so he could be found not guilty with whatever he got going on. You know what I mean? So that's when I was like, maybe Nori just don't care. You know what I mean? Because he's not a street dude anymore. He's on some journalist shit. So at first I was like, kind of, I wasn't, I was confused, but then I got hurt because it was like, people kept coming up to me like, yo, ain't that your man? So I'm like, damn, like, I started feeling worse than I felt initially about it, you know what I mean? But then I was like, you know what? Dude got to feed his family, you understand? I'm not feeding his family, you understand? He out there, he got shit to do. Niggas ain't doing as good as people think they be doing. So it's like, I can't be mad at a nigga for trying to feed his family, you know what I mean? One thing I'm not going to do is hate on a nigga dollars. And that's just how I look at the situation. You get what I'm saying? I don't know, bro. I mean, I, I feel you, but like you brought up a valid point. People really don't know how people are doing. Some people ain't doing like as good as you think they are or whatever. Um, but I mean, what's your, I mean, God damn, what? Like, I, listen, I've heard rumors and shit. I've seen Irv and them put up some some paperwork. The shit don't look legit. I mean, what you, you think 50 really snitch? Nah, that's the thing though. A lot of that shit was like not legit. Yeah, that's so it's what I'm like, saying. you know, like where we from, we like the dudes that I be around that I was raised under, like we really we understand the freedom of information law. We understand that you all you gotta do is put them a freedom of information request to find out things about certain people. So it's like there's certain things that you can't say that somebody did because it would be transcripts or it would be certain things. So it's like I never fed into that with fifty. So even like when I said things about Tupac or I said things about Cam, about things that I felt like they did that was incorrect with the behaviors that people, that we emulate, I was like I couldn't say it about 50 because it wasn't really nothing there. Like, people said that he snitched on Ghetto Karan, but them people on Ghetto Karan was either in jail, they got convicted, or they was dead. So I didn't understand how people use that as a reference of snitching, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I never agreed with it. So that's why when he went along and interviewed him after, I didn't know if he did it on some, like, don't try to go for the interview, or he just didn't care to use a snitch because he's just not on some street shit no more. And I can respect that. If he's not in the street no more, it is what it is. You don't have to live that lifestyle. You don't have to care about those types of principles and morals, you know what I mean? The thing is, is that one thing I realized when I got arrested and um, I was fighting for my life, I'm sitting here fighting for my life, I realized that you fight for your life by yourself. 
the thing is, is that nobody else is going to jump in the ring with you. They'll cheer you on, you know what I mean, from outside, but nobody's going to be in the ring with you. So you can't sit and you can't sit in prison being a better person, being mad at every single move that people are making out there. One thing I understand is that when you create distance with people and you're gone for a minute, motherfuckers will forget about you because they done replaced you with, 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 with whoever. You understand? Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to deal with people that are in prison. They don't know how to communicate and answer the phone and just, you know what I mean, and just be on some like showing love type shit. They don't know how to do it. And sometimes all a nigga need is a pick up on the phone, you know what I mean? And he'll be like, damn, y'all love my niggas. And like me, I only call my real friends probably like once every two months and shit. I don't call them that much. Yeah. But when I call them, it's all love, you know what I mean? I'm not asking for much, nobody. But the thing is, is that people don't know how to deal with people that's in these types of situations because when people are living free and they live in whatever high life they feel like they live in at the moment, they don't recognize the people that might be down and out until they down and out. That's why people get so depressed when they're in hospitals or going through whatever sickness they are. Too much, ain't nobody there for me. But what happens in life is that when you ain't there for nobody, ain't nobody going to be there for you either. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So I still got a good support system. I don't cry about the people who don't support. I don't give a fuck. A lot of these people, just like I said, the people that people worrying about not supporting them cannot support themselves. You know what I mean? So you can't blame these niggas for being weak ones. Nah, that's no doubt. No, that's no doubt. I saw you did a podcast while you, you was in jail when you did a podcast with Star Brim, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you did a star you did a podcast with Star Brim and I was checking it out, you know, and then uh she asked you about your relationship with Nori, with Noriega, you know what I'm saying? He said that you met him at MTV, and then he said, uh, this is crazy, man. He said he showed you a text from Rosenberg talking about Rosenberg was gonna try to get some goons to come after you. And then like yeah. and then like but like, which is mind boggling, right? And then the day after, Rosenberg said he had spoke to Nori about the whole situation, and then Nori said he never said that. Then Rosenberg gets on, you know, with the radio, or whatever. And is like, oh yeah, you played yourself. So he never said that, you know, to Nori. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, bro, who, who who's lying? Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why did you lie? Like, I just I just want to get the real. You know what I mean? I just want to know what what's, what's really good. Yeah, like that that shit. Niggas know I don't be lying about shit. That's why when I think that when I think that shit happened, I was like, I think I was in my cell smoking some bars, and the nigga walked up to me and said, "Yo, tax, yo, they they got you on the radio on Hot 97 on um, Rosenberg. He got you on the you played yourself um segment." I'm like, played myself about what? They like, yo, they said they spoke to Nori, and Nori said that you lying about a text he showed you. about. I'm like, how do you even make some shit up like that? Like, if you just think about that shit. How do you, how can you create that? How can you say, yo, the first time I met somebody and showed me a text that somebody else that they know wanted to do something to me? And I say that in public on a podcast and I'm lying. That don't even make sense. So I didn't even address the shit because I was confused about that too. But then it was crazy. Charlemagne had hit me and was like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, I remember that text. And Charlemagne remembered the text verbatim because Charlemagne was right there when Nori showed me the shit. He showed Charlemagne the text too. So I felt good about knowing that I had a witness. You know what I mean? And you can ask Charlemagne. He'll tell you. So, you know what I mean? I don't be lying. Like, that shit was like crazy. So that's what, that was, matter of fact, yeah, and that's crazy that you brought, that was my first part of being confused with the action of Nori. And yo, I really still don't, I don't even fucking hate the nigga. I don't even got no dislike towards him. It's just that what I feel like is that sometimes you meet people over time. You think you might know who they are in the beginning. People wear masks because they got to act like they just like you in order to get into your presence or your social groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then over time, you start to see who people are once the layers start peeling off. Because that was mad confusing. I'm like, what? How the fuck could he say I made that up? Like, why would I make that up? Like, I was mad confused because I really didn't have beef with Rosenberg. Like, I didn't want to harm Rosenberg physically. I just used to joke on him on Twitter. So when I seen that text, I was so confused because I'm like, I don't know this dude. No, I'll slap him. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, like, what type of shit is that for you to be telling somebody to harm me over some jokes about you on radio? Like, are you serious? So that's why I was confused when these dudes got on radio when I first got arrested and was talking about street thugs and all this shit because it's confusing because... Like, even Funk Flex. Funk Flex paid niggas to motherfucking snuff Charlemagne at 105. 
You know what I mean? Like, you dudes is radio dudes, and you dudes is jumping out the window into the street, and then y'all get back on radio just trying to act like y'all radio dudes. No, you pick one side or the other. Don't be trying to serve two gods. That's how people fuck up when they're trying to serve two fucking masters. You understand? You can't act like you're, you're a civilian and then you acting like, then you're doing street shit. That's, what, that's the situation that I'm going through right now. Yeah. You understand? I proudly told people that I was a civilian and I was not in the street no more. But then I got to deal with some fucking weirdo dude who's out here literally harassing anybody who says music is whack. You understand what I'm saying? Like... Why I got it? Why I can't say a nigga music is whack in peace? Cisco and Ebert ain't never fucking get threatened by these movie niggas for fucking giving them two thumbs down. You think <laughs> I'm saying? Why I gotta go through this shit? <laughs> you think I'm saying? Like, so that's 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 the confusion I've been dealing with. Why the fuck would Rosenberg want to hire? And why would he? Why would he want you even beat up or nothing? But that's how I knew my jokes was real and it was hurting them. People in New York really stopped listening to Hot 97. I started a rally. That's why Funk Flex says on radio now, this is what New York sounds like. Because he was never playing New York records. I was the reason that New York records started getting played again because I kept harassing those dudes online. And they turned it into like street shit and started like telling people to do shit to me and shit. You know what I mean? It's like, how the fuck this turned into some street shit because I'm telling you play some records from New York because you keep on playing everybody from every, everywhere around the country. Like, that, that don't even make sense. Like, you would think that behavior would come from me, from a dude that actually was in the street before. Not y'all. Dudes are supposed to be in the industry, but the corny shit about it is that they play the street things, and then they play the corporate things and, and send emails to the companies about you and shit. You dig what I'm saying? So, bro, like, let me ask you a question, man. What's the, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get out? Like, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get out? Um, the first thing I'm going to do is um, rest. You know what I mean? I want to just go to sleep in a real bed. These mattresses just be too thin, disrespecting my back. <laughs> All types of herniated disc and shit, nigga. You understand? I've been served multiple massages, you know what I mean? From from preferably Brazilian women. Or I'm thinking I'm liking Japanese women now, you know what I mean? So, you know, I deserve some massages, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, what's the first thing you're going to eat when you get when you get out? I'm not sure, man. I'm not really sure. I want a, I want a green, I want a green juice as soon as I get out. I really want some kale, spinach, celery, um, cucumber, a gum of ginger, and some turmeric. You know, I'm on my juice shit heavy. I need to get my dick back. You know, every time I get heavy back into juice, and my dick grow another inch and a half. So, you know, I want to get back in juice lane. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna stay in New York City, or are you gonna move to LA? You think? Come out to LA. Yeah, let's be good I'm for you. Out to LA. Let's be good for you. I don't here. like New York niggas no more. These niggas is ass. And you know what I mean? And they like, and they like just be trying to pull you down. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna still be in New York, but I'm gonna move to LA because I feel like it's a different bag out there that I didn't really get to touch that I was trying to capitalize on while I was out there. You know what I mean? So we gonna, we gonna, we gonna get it rocking. You know what I mean? I'm definitely gonna come out to LA. Yo, speaking of LA, man. Um. I knew that you was real cool with Nip, man, and you know I had found out through you know through I seen he fuck with you, and I know you fuck with him. Like, how did you feel about Nip passing, man? I know no one's really got to ask you that, you know. Man, Nip passing has been probably like the second deepest part of confusion I've been in since I've been in jail. You know what I mean? Because it was like when I was like reading the narrative that the government painted about me, that shit put me like in a real deep depression because it was like none of this shit was true, like nothing that they said was true. So it just felt bad that people could even legally like make up a story about you and I was so confused about it. But when Nip died, I was in that same like state of confusion because I just didn't understand because it wasn't no negativity from Nip, you know what I mean? Nip was like, this dude was a street dude, but this dude really was talking about positivity at all times of the days. Like, I don't know if people understand, like, me and Meek Mill had an issue before we ever did an interview. And I was in L.A. at Nip's studio when he just made his studio. He, like, just, like, started the shit or whatever. And he's like, yo, Tax, I want you to check my studio out. And when we was in the studio, Meek FaceTime Nip. And he was on FaceTime with Meek. And then I didn't know till I walked in the room and I heard Meek's voice. And I'm like, oh, that's Meek? So then after he got off the phone, he was like, yeah, that was Meek right there. So I was like, yeah, what's good with him? And that's what he remembered me and Meek had an issue. 
And he was like, yo, tax, man, that shit ain't even about nothing. You know what I mean? And I knew it wasn't about nothing. So that's why I was always mad that we was even having the issue. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be little things like that that you be needing people to tell you when shit is not an issue, even though you know, because sometimes your ignorance or your pride can make you continue some shit that don't need to be continued. You know what I mean? So just off him doing that when I was in L.A., it made me come to that decision like, yo, bro, I ain't trying to beef with this nigga, me. This BET weekend, I'm end up bumping into these dudes. I'm not trying to get in up with these dudes because I don't even got no hatred in my heart for the dude. I don't even dislike him. You know what I mean? It just started over some Twitter shit with some dudes in his crew or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's why I was, it was like, it'd be little shit like that, like me being in jail and every time I called Nip, him answering. Like, he'll answer five minutes before he's about to get on stage and talk for five minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, Bronco Holler. Yeah, but I'm about to go on stage in five minutes, you know what I mean? It'd be little shit like that, like, damn, he ain't have to pick up. You know what I mean? He's yeah, about to go on nipple. stage. But the nigga, but the nigga picked up. It'd be the little small shit that make you, and I didn't realize how much love I had for that nigga until that nigga was gone because I had to realize, I'm like, damn, yo, I went to L.A., you know what I mean, to do business or whatever, to do a watch interview, and then I came and started doing a whole bunch of interviews while I was out there, and I was like, damn, like, this nigga Nip, like, really just took me in, like, yo, nigga, come fuck with me, and this is why a lot of people in the game was, like, staying away from me, like, oh, yo, tax name is, like, in the media and some crazy shit, you know what I mean, and it'd be little shit like that when a nigga embrace you and people going against you will make you really be like, damn, y'all really can fuck with this dude. You know what I mean? Those to be the people you fuck with when they fuck with you when you down. You know what I mean? So that's why I really got a strong love for that nigga because his love for his love for me and his love for the people, you know what I mean? His love for trying to help, you know what I mean? That's what I like because I love to help people. That's the type of person I am. Yeah, no, he was he was a remarkable dude, man. Rest in peace, Nip. Um, In jail, man, how, what, was, what was people saying in jail about Nipsey? What it, was, they, was they tripping? Like, oh, shit, or did they not know who he was? Like... Thing I could tell you about the nigga Nip, and that's why you know that nigga was beautiful. I ain't heard one negative thing about Nip, like not one. Real talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and Kobe just died, and Kobe's a fucking legend, and I've heard negative things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just off seeing that, just in here like alone, show you that the motherfucker had a great character. You know what I mean? Had a fucking great ass character. The nigga was a beautiful nigga. It is what it is. Nah, for sure. He went too soon. Did you have love for Kobe? You fuck with Kobe? Because I was a friend of his. Plus, yo, I never, I never was a Kobe Bryant fan. Kobe Bryant is the reason that I stopped liking. You have one minute left. He used to assassinate the Knicks, and I, I never <laughs> liked Kobe. But when Kobe died, I was very hurt, and that's why I know he was so impactful and monumental to the culture. Because I was definitely hurt that Kobe died, and I never was a fan of him. Oh fuck, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, so we got right. like twenty seconds left. Um, you got any shout outs you want to give? Before we get this, this call ends. Man, shout out to um, shout out to all the women with luxurious bosoms. <laughs> Yo, listen, Tex, uh, shout out to nobody. Real, real talk, man. I really appreciate you doing this interview with me, man. Just hold your head, man, and you know, I got, know my, you know I got crazy love for you, bro. You know I always pick up your call. That's a fact. Appreciate you, my nigga. My guy, I'm man. I appreciate you. you too, fam. All right, be safe, beloved. All right, Tex. All right. The caller has hung up. So damn, I know Tax and uh, we've always kept an open line of communication. I said he was one of the very first podcasts that I went on, and uh, he's an OG in the game. I also know he's always had a lot of controversy surrounding him and shit. Obviously, you know motherfuckers in behind bars and everything. You hear, he don't give a fuck. And I also know Nori. You know Noriega is a legendary rapper. I respect dude, you know, and everything. And I don't really know Rosenberg, but we got a lot of mutual friends. I think I, he follows me. I might follow him. I think on Twitter, or nothing. But we got mutual friends, so it's gonna be interesting to hear their take on this, on this interview and these stories. You should always know there's always three sides to every story. Tax, thank you so much, homie. Hold your head. Hope to see you in L.A. or New York City when you get out. You know the meal, drinks, whatever. The weed is on me, bro. Um, on Saturday morning, I felt a little better. So I headed to my store, check on some Valentine's orders and stuff. And, um, you already know, uh, can't say no surprises cause motherfucking, you know, women listen to this show, might fuck up their, you know, their surprises and everything. But, you know, I went to my store, talked, I took my kids with me and everything, did a little shopping and everything. And I get to my store and Kid Cudi just, he bought me an insane floral 
uh, Virgil fucking Abloh designed Louis Vuitton hoodie. This shit is so flames, it's so fire. I, I, I'm, I was speechless. I know the motherfucker cost a couple racks, and Cuddy's just a dope ass friend. Thank you, Scott. I love you, bro. Fucking amazing, fucking Aquarius gift. I really appreciate it. So, um, after doing some light work, um, I get back home. My kids are chilling. You know, everyone's. In, I'm, I'm feeling better. I decided to take my kids, uh, my whole entire family, to the Grove. And uh, the Grove's a little different. I go to the Americana. I'll bring the washed-up van. The Grove, you know, we got to pull up in something lavish. You know what I'm saying? So we pull up in the autobiography, you know. And, uh, you know, the Grove is a place I used to love. I still love the Grove. It's just it's just so fucking crazy there. and just so busy all the time. And um, I used to fucking love that place so goddamn much, man. You know, it wasn't that bad, though. I didn't get bothered so much. Again, it's really tough for me to get out in L.A., um, any city, period. And I'm not saying this like this is a fact. You know, people show love. They say my name is cool. Keep it pushing. I'm not really trying to shake people's hands. You know, I'm not feeling so good. I'm just trying to get, you know, trying to just get back to 100. But um, I really want to do this for my wife and everything. She's, they, kids are getting cabin fever. Kids have been sick and all kinds of shit. So, you know, we had some of their fine cuisine at the uh, at the Grove. And we hit this doll store, doll shop called American Girl, which apparently is a is a very popular, like, store it's just very popular amongst girls across the world you know like it's like there's barbie but this is like a different like culture and it's a whole movement so you know we get there and there's like fucking tea parties there there's like all kinds of fucking professional shit going on in there and it's fucking crazy so we enter this motherfucking place which is huge by the way you know rent at the grove is not a fucking game kai went in goes to the section where the, the toddlers are and she just loses her fucking mind she doesn't know what to do she's trying to grab everything and I didn't think it was a big deal, you know, whatever. No one failed to tell me how expensive shit was. Like, you know, you get a bunch of Barbies, like fucking $10, $12, $8, I don't know what the fuck, maybe even 20 No, they're not 20 I'm talking about all the shit, okay? Or you can get the fucking big fucking Barbie house and all the shit, and it might be 80 bucks, whatever. Listen, any of you guys who have daughters, I'm sure it's a very popular thing. I'm sure women who listen to this who have kids, they know, or girls who are younger, because I saw 16-year-old girls in there, it's a big deal. We picked up a few things. One doll and a few things, some clothes. That shit was 300 motherfucking dollars. Like 150 in there and shit. And this shit gets fucking, it, the store was packed. And there's all kinds of shit. You start doing their hair, start getting, it was a fucking, this is crazy. And I'm already known, this shit could end up being an expensive habit. So I had to pump the brakes on this motherfucking shit. I told my wife, I was like, listen, I got this right here and that's on you after that. Um, <laughs> but let me say this real quick, man. You know, I really love having the financial freedom to eat whatever I want, buy my kids anything that they want, you know, but I got to draw the line, you know, often because my kids are very spoiled and it's my fault, you know, and my wife spoils them too. You know, it, it's just the, the most important thing that people have to understand is London is a genius. He is brilliant. I would never say that, but I'm not saying like, I'm just, he's very smart, you know, and, uh, he, he's, he's a good kid, you know, Ryder and Kaya, they're rascals, they're fucking crazy, but you know, you have to understand, with all that said, and the, being spoiled, and having phones, or whatever, and my way of parenting, they are also very loved, they're also very spoiled, with a lot of attention, not just from me, but overwhelmingly, their grandparents, you know, my wife, we give them a lot of attention, they get a lot of love, and just our overall presence is, is, around all the time it's it's you know they're not around they're not around other people and and you know they don't have babysitters and things like that so you know it's just i love that i waited this late in life to have kids and um anytime i think of a hustle anytime i think of like making money a business idea when you know by the way shout out to excel sports management they've been getting me a bag and fuck matt and eric you guys are fucking awesome but when I think of paper and I think of checks, I'm not thinking about a Lamborghini and I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about a fucking car. I have all that shit already. I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about setting them up. As, like I said, after Kaya's 21, man, that's on them. I, I did everything I could and I'm, I'm cool and move into a condo and just chill. Or they could live with us. I'm not tripping. But I turn around and I'm trying to grab London's hand on the escalator and I hold his hand. I just realize how fucking big he's getting. He's going to be eight in six months. 
and he's getting so fucking big. It's crazy. He's so tall. And I'm just, I'm just, fuck, man. It, it just flown by so motherfucking fast. Anyways, we leave the Grove. Um, I got to run into some family. It was pretty cool, man. And uh, I got home, put the kids to sleep, and I watched the power finale, the grand finale. This is, that's it for everything, right? And you know, the grand, the finale, season finale, then the grand finale, it, it was good at, at points and times, right? But the ending was boof. Listen, man, like, sorry, this is a spoiler. So if you can just cut out 15 seconds, or go, you know, fast forward 15 seconds, 50, man, I love you, bro. You didn't have to put yourself, you fucking so unnecessarily force yourself to be in the fucking finale. Like, come on, bro, you've been gone three times. Like, you wanna come back? Anyways, after six very long seasons, and I appreciate the seasons were long, you know, I love these, you know, this was a, this was a great TV show. I remember the first two seasons being so fucking amazing. It's just like, there's is such good fucking TV. It was nothing like it. It was so raw, it was so fucking gritty, so gangster, you know? And then 50 gave us three good episodes maybe for like, you got three good episodes a season for like three seasons, okay? But I will say, th this final season has been pretty good. But that ending, man, fuck, bro. Uh, it's just sad. Uh I'm hoping I can find another show that that's that's that dope. Um, what else, man? Uh, I woke up Sunday with the shits again, literally, and it was raining. I fucking hate the rain. If you don't know, I hate the rain. And people are probably like, "Why the fuck did you buy a house in Seattle?" Remember, this shit was a business situation, and, and my cousin and all this other stuff. Boom. Never in my fucking life did I have any idea I was going to be fucking running with the Seahawks deep like I was. And I don't go anything half-assed. Again, this is prior to fucking any Super Bowl wins or any of that shit. So thank God. If it wasn't understand, I would never have jumped on. Just ain't me. Um, and it was raining anyways. And, uh, you know, I got black circles under my eyes. I'm not trying to fucking go nowhere. I just need more rest. Um, I got that rest when I was really, really sick. The initial uh, stomach bug, stomach flu and shit. And then after that, my son's waking up at four or five in the morning, just fucking ready to seize the day and drive me fucking crazy. And they don't give a fuck, you know. But um, Sunday's family day. And um, one of the good things was I had coffee, had my Japanese coffee. Uh, didn't have to fucking go and leave the house for coffee. You know, my wife has a fucking, I forgot what the fuck kind of expensive ass coffee maker. I bought it for her, like three Gs. I forgot what the fuck, I forgot what kind of coffee maker she has. The fuck is it? I don't know. Anyways, um, Jura. It's a fucking Jura. I remember John Mayer. I asked him, I said, what the fuck is that? And uh, that's not a name drop. That's actually my homie. You know what I mean? Like we happen to be friends. So he could have, I could have said John Jackson, which is, uh, you know, but it's his name. I happened to ask him. I just trusted him. And uh, that's what I bought. But anyways, I was able to do Postmates instead of hitting the restaurant because I just, my stomach just wasn't, you know. And so we did Postmates and, uh, you know, we hit our favorite restaurant every Sunday brunch, but we didn't do that. We did Postmates. And now Postmates has a priority option, which is like $4.99. And what happens if you order the priority, you get to have your food come 20 minutes faster. So I use that shit every single motherfucking time. In the last couple of weeks, ever since I've seen it, I've been fucking with it heavy. So I get my coffee, I get my food in me, and I jump on my Twitter to go see the news. And I see that my 30-year, over 30-year homie, uh, friend, hip-hop, legendary producer alchemist was trending in the hip-hop um category and um i literally grew up with my dude since we were both teens right we both skated at the same park we had a lot of mutual friends so like somehow i just you know remember dude and he, he was he fucked with music he was a little kid but he got into it early and by the time he was 16 he was in a fucking famous rap group he was in a, he was rapping he was producing and he was taken under the wing about dj mugs you know from uh, cypress hill and, um, you know, we both ended up in music, but we went separate ways. You know, I was an executive. I was a DJ. He DJs now, but wasn't DJing. Like, I was a real serious DJ. And um, he's still fucking killing it today. And uh, I went over, I was going to tell you a Forrest Gump story, but I'm going to wait until I get him on the show. But I went over just a short list of his insane catalog of songs that he's produced. And goddamn, man, this motherfucker has a fucking arsenal his catalog is nutso his shit crazy as fuck so yeah we got personal stories for days like two real we went back and forth on on twitter and people are like oh shit you really did grow up with them 
And Alchemist was like, bro, motherfuckers don't even really know for real how deep we go back on this shit. And uh, yeah, this Forrest Gump shit don't stop, for real. So I got to get Alan on the show. And um, he's going to do it for sure. You know, that, that's not even a question. I, I got to get Alchemist. And, you know, um, I might even get Action Bronson on that motherfucker. I, I fuck with him too. And, uh, oh yeah, the Oscars. With all this Oscar talk, um, my wife hasn't been out of the house without the kids in over three weeks. And I had the crazy bubble guts, so I wasn't trying to go anywhere far. We were trying to get, you know, uh, go to this one spot, uh, Le Petit Trois, Trois, uh, Petit Trois, whatever. It's in, uh, I don't know, is it Sherman Oaks or Studio City or some shit? I don't know. The place is fucking bomb as fuck. It wasn't on my list of places I told you before, but this place is fucking good as fuck. It's very French. It's very good. But yeah, I got the bubble guts, so I wasn't trying to go to a restaurant, nothing, so... I took her to go see a movie. That's what she got from me. She got a movie and some uh, some con- some uh, condiments. She got some she got some snacks and a movie. We went to go see Guy Ritchie's new movie, The Gentleman. And let me say this: you have to be very patient with this film. Okay, it it takes a good thirty minutes. It might even take forty five minutes for this film just to fucking warm up. There's a lot of dialogue. You almost don't think this shit's like about anything and it's about to fucking happen. It's just, but you will appreciate that buildup later. It's fucking slow. This movie's slow as shit. Hugh Grant and Charlie Hunnan are just getting into this thing. Just, it's the intro and you don't have any idea what the fuck's going on. But when it gets fucking rocking, wow. Like fucking wow. This was an excellent movie fucking great story great action lots of action i strongly recommend this movie this movie's better than anything that i've seen up for an oscar go see that shit guy Ritchie's style is so dope again i won't lie i almost gave up on the movie okay like 15 minutes and i was like yo man i'm about to get on my phone and just you know i don't give a fuck if someone says anything you know we're sitting in the reclining seats with the fucking, you know, the like beds and shit. I'm comfy. I'm just like, fuck this. I'm about to eat my motherfucking gummy colas and go to sleep. And uh, in fact, Nicolette fell asleep for 10 minutes even. But this movie is fucking lit. I promise you, this shit is so fucking good. If you could get past that part and you get into it, it's fucking amazing. Uh, real quick though, uh, regarding the Oscars, you know, I'm watching the Oscars and, you know, early on, you know, Bong, Junho, him and his co-writer, Won the best screenplay. And again, even though I'm Korean, you know, um, well, I'm, I'm Korean. I'm, I'm so happy for the first Oscar for South Korea, you know. But I'm, I'm so, so tripping, you know. People, my sister's been praising this movie for so long. She follows Korean cinema a little bit. She's not as crazy as me and my brother, as technical as maybe, you know. The Dust Brothers definitely have some technical, you know. They got some input when it comes to films. I know Mike Rapport is too as well, but I have a totally opposite way of thinking when reports looking at strictly on an actor level i know he might, but i'm talking and i know he's directed things but at the same time like i i really look at it at a very technical level too just have we just have different different points of views when it comes to films me and josh safty um the director of uncut gems who by the way congrats man you won best director at spirit awards and congrats to adam sandler for that too but damn listen i've watched parasite twice man and honestly it's a seven and a half eight at best which is really good Eight, seven and a half, eight is legit as fuck. It's really good. But because I'm Korean, I'm, I'm overly hyped for them. And I got to say, congrats, man. They cleaned the fuck up. All right. Bong won best director. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they won the best film of the fucking year. They won the Academy Award best film of the year. You know how big that shit is? Like it was the first non-American or non-English speaking movie to win film of the year. And like a lot of people thought 1917 was going to win this and whatever. And you know what? Sam Mendes is dope and everything. I'm not trying to see that fucking movie. I don't know if I could get into it. I don't give a fuck. But right about now, let me say this. Whether whatever the fuck, my opinion on the film. Listen, Korea, stand the fuck up right now. All right. That was a big fucking win. That was a big win for CJ Entertainment. That was a big win for Koreans all over the world. You know, that was just fucking dope. And that, that was a perfect way to go to bed last night that was how you fucking end a weekend even though i still got the shitty bubble guts and the bgs you know it, it was a nice win for korea but check it out man that's all the time we got 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed that interview. That was tough to do from a jail cell. I got to run the Soul Assassin Studio right now. I got to do Be Real's podcast. I'll uh, keep you updated when that comes out. Yo, always remember to spread this good show to all your friends and tell your friends to tell their friends. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you even more for subscribing. I love doing this. I love podcasting even more than I do creating jewelry. Speaking of which, I'm so fucking excited. I can't wait for this fucking Kobe Bryant tribute piece that I'm making. It's very small. It's, you know, a little bigger than a quarter. It's like 30 millimeters, but it's super clean. It, I promise you it's dope and classy. But um, listen, back to podcasting. I love doing this shit. I, I'm going to do this shit for a long time. I'm going to be talking shit. I see all the opinions. I'm like Drake. I read the emails. I read the fucking, you know, people talking about it here and there. People are like, oh, Ben cussed. It seems so forced. You're so fucked, man. <laughs> Bro, I've been cussing since I was five. That's a true story. All right. But I can't wait to keep giving you guys more and more content, more and more episodes. God bless you. I'll see you back on Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Lakey Lake, hit me one time, bruh. Peace. <laughs>